What's up, Cannabis Congregation? Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Cannabis Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren. Today we're joined by Vicky Varora from the Great Legalization Movement movement out in India. Uh, how's everybody doing today? Tom, Miggy? Hey. Great. I'm really thrilled to have another international episode of Cannabis Legalization News. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoy it, please do hit the likes and the subscribes. It'll help us rank. And especially if you're watching us in India, uh, hit yeah. the likes and subscribes because YouTube is huge in India. A billion of them. Well, <laughs> Yeah. Are you guys, are you also trapped right now? Fully, yeah. The entire nation is on a lockdown at the moment. But this this is where you're coming at us from? Yeah, it's, that's correct. So which, uh, which, uh, what's the name of it? And like, you know, do you guys have states, provinces? Uh, we have about 30 uh, states, about 29 states and uh, six union territories and, uh, uh, I come from a state called Karnataka. Karnataka? Karnataka. And uh, my, the capital of Karnataka is Bangalore, and that's where my home is. Bangalore, nice. That's pretty dope. Yeah. But, uh, so, um, man, how long has cannabis been illegal in India? For about 35 years now. That's it? Yeah. So 35 years ago, they prohibited cannabis in India. Yep, yeah, on the scientific <laughs> Unscientifically, oh no, preaching to the choir here. But uh, let's get more of the backstory of cannabis in India right now. Is it completely illegal? It is. Is it a wild? You cannot. You cannot. Um, um, you see, the law is. Um, uh, it's created a very strange kind of a, a double standard uh, in our country. Uh, we have been using cannabis for thousands of years. Um, uh, in it's not just uh, uh, for personal consumption. It's also medicinal and very deeply rooted in our Ayurveda and also uh, for spiritual purposes, you know, like with uh, India and uh, worshipping Shiva and Shaivism. And there's so many holy places in India where cannabis is being used for uh, thousands of years. And uh, even if you go to places like Rishikesh or Varanasi or Ujjain or many parts of Himalayas, cannabis is uh, very openly accepted and uh, used as well. But still, the law has prohibited. On one end, I can get arrested if I'm using cannabis here in Bangalore, but uh, if I'm in Varanasi, I can get it from a shop directly. And that's the kind of double standards that we have. That's interesting. So, like you mentioned, that there's different states. So, do you have prohibition states and then legal states? No. It's prohibited uh, across, it's a central law, uh, the Narcotics, Drugs and Psychotropic Substances Act of 1985 uh, took cannabis uh, along with few other newly found uh, psychotropic substances as uh, uh, India was also a signatory body uh, to single conventions of narcotics in 1961 and a psychotropic substances uh, uh, committee uh, that happened in Vienna in 1971. So LSD, DMT, magic mushrooms, cannabis, everything was for the first time clubbed in the NDPS Act and it was all placed under the Schedule 1 drugs with a bunch of lethal chemicals, uh, chemicals that can kill someone and uh, something so sacred and ancient and medicinal in India um, uh, also got prohibited in that same uh, law. How, how did that happen? I mean, it's kind of like uh, banning wine for the for the Catholics. I mean, how how do you have this thousand year old sacrament that even grows wild sometimes? I know bang's a big thing for uh, the ceremonies. What happened, man? Um, politics happened. What politics? 
Because like we had some politics here. It turned out it was just racism and profit motive. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, India, uh, when United Nations created the single conventions of narcotics meet in 1961, um, India was also invited to uh, be a part of uh, this thing. And uh, India said immediately, you know, like, no, we cannot do it because we, there's a lot of religious use, a lot of uh, cultural use, a lot of medicinal use, so we cannot do it. So apparently, according to the law uh, in United Nations, every country who were invited over there, uh, about 76 of them, as to my knowledge, uh, were given 25 years of time frame to uh, come to the international standards of uh, prohibiting drugs uh, as a global war on drugs. Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, the 25 year time frame ended in 1986. Um, and uh, in 1985, the government had to make a call, and there was no discussion in the parliament over a period of four days. No, the, can, the word cannabis was not, um, um, uh, you know, like it wasn't brought up in the sense that what we know here as what cannabis is. Let's talk about that because they did that in America. They didn't call it cannabis. They called it marijuana. And then all the doctors were like, oh, yeah, that sounds terrible. Uh, and they just didn't know what they were talking about. Did they do the same thing in India? Did they call it marijuana and not because In India, we majorly know it as bhang in Ayurveda. And uh, we know it as ganja, uh, as a flower. To yeah, smoke. Ganja. I mean, like we, we pronounce it incorrectly, it sounds like. But that sounds exactly like how we, we would refer to cannabis flower here. Yeah. The flower you always know as ganja, and the drink that we make out of it is known as bhang. Mm -hmm. And uh, there, we never heard anything like the word marijuana is not even. It's just a new international uh, uh, name that's being used, and I hate that word. I hate marijuana. They did that though. So they they used the word marijuana to. That's how, they, that's how they managed to get it out. You know, like in 1937 when when it happened in. Uh, yeah, Right, right, yeah. But since it became illegal, was there any? Has there? Because I know right now you're doing education. That's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're trying to teach everybody this is medicine. This is not what the fear mongering is about. Uh, mm -hmm. But in your points when you're coming out, do you do you ever go like, look, they had eight federal American patients. Like, you know, the United States recognizes it as medicine, even when it's still being a controlled one drug. But yet there's still denial when we do our DEA stuff. You know, it's always. They always come back with no medicinal properties, whereas eight people could tell you different wise federally. Yeah. Uh, uh, but in India, you know, like there was no uh, no one really standing against it and no one took the legalization seriously. You know, like the first six years, there was not many arrests made, nothing. It was just prohibited on the law, but everyone kept using it. But only 1991, um, the <laughs> law were uh, really enforced strongly. And by 95, we started arresting like uh, roughly about 50,000 people a year and uh, harmless people. You know, like it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a sacred culture that's ongoing for years. And apparently, there's a very strange connection over here. Uh, in 19, till 1985, there was no like foreign direct investments that was made uh, to India. And uh, after this law was passed, the foreign direct investments uh, was opened up and India became uh, uh, a country to uh, accept um, money from abroad. And uh, in 1991, we started the, we started receiving the first money six years after the prohibition. Oh, wow. So part of your funding for medical or whatnot depends on your regulation of, uh, of cannabis as a scheduled drug. Yeah, yeah. They, they had to remove it so that, you no, know, like, yeah, you no, know, like we listen to... Uh, 
this is into the uh, western countries and so you know like the money could flow in right enough otherwise it would have been money laundering right because like they, <laughs> that's how it, it's it's still a problem here with the cannabis companies can't get the bank accounts and so they'll use the controlled substances act like no bro you're not going to be able to get a bank account so it looks like they're they've even exported that aspect of the drug war that's ridiculous mm -hmm. wow but you said you can still buy it like how come then if it's illegal where you're sitting in bangalore you go uh, up the road to what tumakaru tumakuru yeah can you Tum buy it street uh, where did, where were you buying it not, see i stopped i stopped smoking cannabis few um uh, years ago actually um and but i i've used it ex extensively for years before that and uh it was available you know like yeah, we just go off and you know someone and you just buy it and um, uh, everyone knows it the cops the politicians they're all making big loads of money on this doesn't uh, it grow wild too sorry oh sorry i said doesn't it grow wild too out there yeah we have this the is mainly in the himalayan side yeah, this Dismara, uh, where does the Dalai Lama reside? Evidently, it grows there. It's also on the Himalayan side, you know, like uh, it's Ooh. in Himachal Pradesh. She lives uh, very close to a place called Dharamshala. Have you ever had a chance to smoke that when you were consuming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I smoked uh, strains from almost majorly most uh, all of the different parts of India and also the Himalayan strains. Uh, surprisingly, I started smoking cannabis for the first time um, uh, in Singapore. You know, like it was. Uh, I think Singapore was very strict, and that doesn't make yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you get lashes in Singapore. Huh. Yeah, I started smoking in Singapore for the first time. So you take risks for a living. Uh, I do. <laughs> so you personally are a medical giver? I do uh, support patients, and I've been supporting patients for the last six years. Uh, my whole movement started off with um, uh, helping out one cancer patient uh, back in 2014. Up until then, uh, there was no talks about cannabis or medicinal values or legalization in India. And uh, when I uh, I researched a lot on cannabis for about four or five years before that. And um, I made the medicine, I gave it to the patient. She was dying from stomach cancer and uh, she had like a tumor right after her stomach and um, uh, she wasn't able to push anything through the stomach. You know? like, so she used to vomit 18 times in a day. And so I made uh, uh, an extract based out of Rick Simpson's uh, method. So I made the Rick Simpson oil out of uh, cannabis indica strains, which is very relaxing and I made the medicine, gave it to her. And within three days or uh, uh, 18 times of vomiting stopped completely. And within a week, she was able to eat three meals a day. And uh, uh, she took the medicine for about three months. And after that, she she was declared cancer-free on the reports. The tumors are all disappeared. Yeah. That's why the moment. And the day I got that report in my hand, I woke up, you know, like uh, uh, I was just lying down, taking a rest on my bed. And I woke up at such intensity that I haven't really stopped still. That's good. It, that's what it takes. I mean, like, Mickey has been an activist for 20 years. I've been doing this for about 10. Uh, mm -hmm. Once you get to that point where it's like, this shit's got yeah. experience of this medicine, yeah. medical proof. You know, like, it's no longer the stories that you have read on the internet or on Facebook or different cannabis users, you know, like, who say that, you know, like, it's anti cancerous and things like that. It's a direct experience that I've seen a dying patient coming back to life. And uh, since then, I followed up, and then I uh, I worked with about thousand two hundred to thousand three hundred cancer patients uh, after that. 
and uh, remarkable, remarkable discoveries. Uh, that's something that I asked earlier. Like, so this industrial hemp and CBD, uh, CBD just lost its namesake really last week to COVID-19. Uh, mm -hmm. A woman who, a little girl who was treated for uh, epileptic seizures, if I'm not mistaken correctly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so they've created these new strains back on only, when was Charlotte's Web? Because I mean, like the CBD movement. Seven years ago. Yeah. Between 2011 to 12, and when uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta uh, came, yeah. and he was the one who promoted, you know, like before on CNN, if I'm not wrong, uh, he was the medical uh, doctor over there, and uh, he was you know, like against marijuana and other things. And when when this epileptic uh, with Charlotte's Web and other things, he was the first guy to come out and say, you know, like it's CBD is the real cure. And what's really, uh, uh, I this is one thing that I hate about. The whole way legalization unfolded itself in America because, you know, like in 99, Rick Simpson came out and he said, you know, like the full extracts of cannabis is completely anti cancerous. And he gave out the recipe, he told the entire world how to make it. And uh, 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 there was a movement that was developing for about 10 to 11 years after that. And uh, by 2010 and 11, Facebook was being pumped with, you know, like all of this information about people getting cured from cancer and various other diseases by using. Uh, Rick Simpson oil extracts and other things and all of a sudden in 2012 uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta comes and makes a CBD thing and also on the intro of his video uh, he says oh, THC, THC is something that's just intoxicating let's leave this aside and let's just look at uh, a CBD the non-intoxicating uh, medicinal compound and whole American uh, uh, legalization wave or discussion was completely focused towards CBD after that and whatever happened in America happens in the rest of the world and that's how you know, like the whole cannabis legalization movement also got diluted in a way and uh, misrepresented uh, towards only CBD. CBD is good, you know, like I'm not denying it. We need all the compounds in the uh, in the you know, medicines that we produce, but limiting only to CBD is again, you know, like it's 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 just a false uh, uh, game, and someone someone's life might be at risk by not taking. Uh, the THC, which is mostly uh, uh, required uh, to activate your endocannabinoid system and stuff. Yeah, and I, I hear that a lot. I mean, like we hear that a lot, though, about how the CBD uh, needs to. It's 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 good. Don't get me wrong, but there is therapeutic possibilities and potential, and a lot of it in the THC. And then by you know just thinking that you can have CBD and you're going to be good and. Mm -hmm. Or it's over that's not that's not great it's still just that continuation of that prejudice against the original thc aspect of it which is that doesn't help i mean it's still able to allow them to say like okay well this is bad but this isn't bad uh, yeah. one of them will make you feel a certain way and you know okay great well why does it make you feel that way and what is it doing to you you know that's mm -hmm. the question they should ask as opposed to saying so we can still keep that illegal and arrest people right Hmm. Yeah, the alternative effects is definitely a necessary thing that has to be involved. Uh, you know, and people forget the entourage. You know, the 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 CBD can help the body, but the THC might help counteract any paranoid hike or vice versa. You know, if you're getting too uh, uh, mentally in your head, you know, take more CBD to kind of counteract that part. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, the holistic approach overall just should be a first option, no matter what. Correct. Yeah. Why not? What I always tell people is you always need the full extracts from the indica plant. 
from the cannabis indica variety, something that's relaxing and something that makes you sleepy and take the full extract, not just from one flower. You can take many indica strains and collectively make a super oil. This whole thing, whole science of all of these things has been given out to the world by uh, Mr. Rick Simpson from Canada. I think uh, people do know about him. Uh, I'm not sure if it's diluted there uh, now. But he, 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 according to me, is like one of the uh, fathers of um, a modern medical cannabis movement, you know, like that started out. And he's yeah. responsible for a whole lot of damage. Is Rick Simpson still out there? Yeah, he's still alive. He is. He's here. Yeah, he's in yeah. Europe now, but uh, he's not that active as the way he used to be. So we might not be able to book him on the show. You can. I, I might help you out. Let's try to book uh, Rick Simpson on the show. Uh, well, I remember when he was when this was first coming about the Simpson oil, you know, and everybody was sharing it, and then you'd have like twenty Facebook profiles. You're like, I'm afid to like one of the, or to uh, add these as a friend because I don't know which one's a scammer or not because he is such yeah. a recluse. He's a very, you know, but he he's also a champion for the for the RSO. That's why he's so uh, just like Jack Herrera, right? I mean, these yeah, guys are out there stage. championing. Yeah. Huh? Jack will get on stage. Yeah. Jack like go and he was a real a legitimate advocate so like there's a difference between jack going on stage versus like just leaving like i'll make a video that's it once you know <laughs> that's true i mean that curious man i mean the whole thing the legalization movement in india that i've been running you know like i i always said it you know like the two fathers for this movement is undoubtedly jack herrer and uh, mr rick simpson and i'm just carrying out the work that uh, they were uh, they initiated probably did not weren't able to finish and I'm, I'm taking up the lead into getting things done now good for it Vicky you, you know what and what you should look at is the Illinois adult use law because it is one of the best adult use laws that we've made so far and it sounds like India has adopted a lot of American policies already with a lot of with its uh, cannabis policies so mm -hmm. look at Illinois policy because it creates a, a decentralized, distributed system. So you, nobody can ever own the whole thing. So like, you know, you're only allowed to have like 2% of the game. So there's mm. 500 licenses, you can't own more than 10. And then mm. they, they look at who got hurt. So for example, it would be these cancer patients for you. So these cancer mm. patients, because this, this science for the Rick Simpson oil was impossible to do because it was a crime, uh, mm. you can use the legalization to fund that science and then mm -hmm. also find people that were harmed, like arrested, had their lives ruined. Uh, mm -hmm. People are out there. And then they get points in the game, and you make it a game to get a cannabis license. Because then mm -hmm. you get uh, entrepreneurial greed to the table. And then mm -hmm. that greed mm -hmm. comes with uh, helping community. So, like, it's how well do you go into the community and help them? So, like, you could use cash flows from your cannabis to feed uh, the starving people, or you use the mm -hmm. cannabis to be, you know, fund the um, uh, rehab addiction clinics. Because mm -hmm. like, I make, like this joint, I didn't, I smoked cigarettes before. Um, mm -hmm. And when I smoke cigarettes, that, which I don't do, I mean, I, I don't do it anymore. But when I would do it, I'd smoke the whole thing. And then that would, that would be it. With joints, for some reason, I'm not sitting there just like choking it down, making sure that I smoke the whole thing in one setting. You know, I'll let it go out. And then yeah. when I, when I use cannabis, we go very often. You're like, I'm good. Oh yeah. It's, 
it's not an addictive type system as uh, like you know, you need just one hit you know like and you're there and maybe you're functional and then after that if you feel tired or fatigued from doing the same thing again like just one more hit would relieve you and re-energize you Vicky, when you guys uh, legalize it cuz like here in the states you know each one is state is individually doing their own little thing uh, mm-hmm. how does the process work in india is it going to be like one overall federal thing or what what do you guys call your guys central law and there are state laws yeah but the plant has been prohibited on a central level which means no state can actually override that law mm-hmm. uh, so um what i did was you know, like uh, um i applied for a petition uh, at the delhi high court last year Uh, asking for demanding for a full legalization and uh, for medicinal use for industrial use for personal consumption uh, and it's it's all uh, based out of fundamental rights that's been violated in our country you know like our right to life is violated right to culture right to equality uh, so many things are actually uh, um, it, it, this law itself is unconstitutional you cannot take this away so i have been questioning that at the delhi high court and the great thing that happened was uh, since 35 years of prohibition uh our petition was the first uh, our petition was the second third petition but first petition demanding for a full legalization hmm. the first uh, petition was in mumbai uh, uh by a lawyer called aditya barthakur and the second petition was uh, in himachal pradesh uh, devin but both of them were not demanding for legalization uh, when glm came in full force and we said no like it has to be uh, fully legalized because it's unconstitutional on so many grounds and uh, uh i'm i'm really you know like the greatest thing that happened was uh, the court accepted the petition uh, we compiled uh, so much of uh, medicinal evidence industrial evidence historic evidence uh, all the things that's happening even south africa uh, in 2018 uh, based on constitutional grounds they said the government does not have the right to take away uh, uh, cannabis um, and based on right to privacy uh yeah. it was legalized in south africa and all of these things are actually uh, in in our petition that's awesome fantastic yeah that's actually how i got started about the unconstitutionality of it so i'll no. send you a book and then if you would please mail me back 1 ounce of <laughs> I, i would like only land race seeds uh and yeah. you an ounce do a gram you know it's way less risk but uh yeah i'll i'll have to send you that cuz it's it's unconstitutional as hell here it's just that we don't we are never going to answer that question and i'm i'm really happy that uh south africa used the right to privacy to be able to legalize but then you have to be careful about what does this legalization mean cuz like that legalization can benefit too few players and it can just go straight to the pockets of rich people as opposed to fixing all the problems that that yeah. illegality had and then ravaged on on some people disproportionately and so like check out Illinois law it's um it's a pretty pretty darn good one i i will check that out as well hey vicky does uh, uh, india have a, uh, the 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 a kevin savat version somebody who's out there anti marijuana always trying to put out disinformation out there f- for you uh it's there's no such body at the moment but if there is anything like that that ever comes up uh, it's usually going to be pumped in by the pharmaceutical companies or the alcohol companies for sure oh, yeah. for sure and that we know and we know, you know like all the media companies who are sleeping with the wrong people and uh who's but they don't have the control they don't have the majority of control uh, i mean uh, it it's funny how easy it has become even in 2020 to misinform 
not just the nation, but the entire world. Yeah. Uh, there's something like that happening right now with the whole coronavirus situation. Like there's so much of bloody misinformation that is just ruining uh, uh, the economy and lives of millions of people. And uh, it might work differently over there, but in India, there are a lot of poor people, you know, like who are really suffering from this, yeah. from this lockdown uh, due to coronavirus and other things, which yeah. is not really required. You know, like if we had cannabis allowed to be grown in our own homes and if we are being consuming it regularly, uh, our immunities would be so strong that we wouldn't have to worry about any of these things in the first place. Uh, we'd still have viruses, but uh, yeah, if we all took care of ourselves. Cannabis is one of the most uh, antiviral, uh, uh, it's, it is, it has the antiviral properties. It, it does fight uh, uh, viruses as well. Yeah. And, okay. uh, even, in, even throughout history, um, uh, cannabis was the answer for smallpox, chickenpox, uh, malaria, uh, even rabies and all of these evidences were actually accumulated and uh, put into my Delhi High Court case um, that you know, like how India used it to fight all of these diseases for uh, hundreds of years and thousands of years due to Ayurveda and now yeah. they don't have such things. So the Ayurveda, is that like, how do you say Indian medicine? I mean, I can't say, the, I can't pronounce the word correctly. Ayurveda, Ayurveda means life and Veda means knowledge. So it means knowledge of life. And it's a compilation of uh, information that has been written by uh, sages and monks and highly intellectual uh, spiritual scientists uh, uh, who were thousand five hundred years ago. Yeah. So they identified all the plants, and it was pure. It was based out of pure intuitive knowledge that they had about the forest, about the medicinal plants. Uh, take think about shamanism. And uh, what, you know, like South America or uh, Peru have the knowledge about medicinal plants. The same thing was uh, that here in India in the Himalayan region. And Ayurveda was written and uh, uh, it was basically a collective of information of what the human body is, what the medicinal plants are and uh, how to tackle this whole thing. And it's more advanced than uh, allopathy because allopathy is what, 200, 250 years old, I think, my best of memory. But uh, Ayurveda is 3,500 years old. It's one of the ancient medicinal science. So what did they use cannabis for in Ayurveda medicine? Uh, Bhang was uh, uh, used ex exclusively as a base in most of the Ayurvedic medicines up until the prohibition. And in India, man, people used to sell cannabis out there in the streets right next to groceries. You know, like huge loads of cannabis that you can come and pay and take out. And it was accepted. It was... It was a completely accepted thing and boom came the prohibition, boom came all the uh, uh, misinformation through uh, controlled uh, uh, media and movies and newspapers, you know, like in the, through movies especially, you know, like that's the biggest uh, way to communicate to the Indian population is through movies. And uh, uh, there was, I remember I, I grew up as a, uh, when I was a child and I used to watch all these movies, there was always these scenes of police chasing after wrong guys and they catch them and they open the briefcase and they're like, ha, ganja, you know, like he's a bad guy, arrest him. So those are the kind of... Um, he's bad, arrest him, you know. <laughs> is, is there so, a Bollywood version of that, though? I would love to see a dance. Uh... <laughs> there are, there are. Believe me, there are. Oh, Indeed. really? Oh, that sucks. No, Bollywood of Cheech and Chong? No, not oh. yet. That's what you mean. Because Cheech and Chong was you know, like as funny as that movie was, there was it was really wrong to promote cannabis like the way uh, it was promoted over there. <laughs> it creates a stigma. It really did. 
rap stars? Do you have any like you know rap stars that are like like Wiz Khalifa has his own strain, Khalifa Kush? So all yeah. that. And now Mike Tyson, Snoop Dogg, they're all getting getting fully into these things as well. But uh, in India, you know, like rap is still an upcoming uh, uh, musical uh, genre or a taste. And uh, well, what role does cannabis? Everyone, everyone smokes it, we know, but uh, certain of them even do speak about it and promote it, but not at the scale at which it is required. Mm. Do you have like traditional singers? Like I mean, in our culture, you know, we focus on like the highlights of like rap. Or even country, you know, there's always an artist or somebody that does consume the cannabis and promotes it. Uh, do you have that version of a of an artist in, in in India, Vicky? Definitely. I mean, there are, uh, we have so much of uh, diverse uh, traditional musical, um, um, uh, you know, like from various different instruments, different styles. There are thousands of them. Um, but there are a few uh, artists who really uh, have developed their um, artistic skills uh, through cannabis, and it's very evident when you look at these guys. And uh, but any promotion of like you know sitting in the back, smoking the joint, enjoying life. Yeah, most of the artists they they do uh, use it. I don't even think anyone is going to use it while performing. Um, uh, they have used it while learning and while practicing and while creating or while composing to uh, uh, be more free and uh, mm. be more liberated, uh, so that the music or the channel channeling occurs. And I don't think when they, when it comes to performing, most of them are really serious. You know, like uh, although if they are using it, there's no way to know. But oh yeah. There are people who, who smoke cannabis and perform way better than a sober sober musician would do. So how how do you get cannabis then in India? It is still um, illegal trade. Uh, there are um, uh, there are uh, dealers, peddlers. So it's from a farm. It's uh, transport market, or as Miggy would call it, the traditional market. <laughs> But it's still, you know, like, uh, uh, it's very wrong. I know, like, this is one of the things that bothers me as well, because people, uh, are they really smoking true cannabis? Or are they smoking something that is being laced with chemicals and uh, bad quality and uh, stuff that they're not supposed to smoke? And apparently there are, you know, like, when it comes to um, adulteration, India is really big. Uh, uh, India is crazy, actually, you know, like, because... Um, uh, the cannabis is not really green here, you know, like sometimes, you know, like you get all different varieties, again, let me uh, uh, clarify that, you know, like you get the finest of stuff to the cheapest of stuff, so the ones that are uh, uh, really cheap, you know, like it's usually black in color and, you know, like laced with shoe polish, rat poison and whatnot, so when people smoke it, they get like this really hallucinatory kind of highs stuff that cannabis really wouldn't do uh, naturally uh, and uh, uh, if provided if they so they go back to the same dealer and you know like yeah you know like i like what you gave you know like give me this and things like that so it's really adulterated and they destroyed what cannabis was uh, one was truly was in this country i just want to see all the land race strains man i want to it's really good really good I'll, uh, just to tell you a story you know like there is this place called kerala uh, the south, south India uh, uh, towards the west, and uh, that grows one of the strongest indica plants uh, in our country, yeah. and uh, because of the high altitudes and stuff. And um, I once smoked three drags back in 2011 or 12. I smoked just three drags uh, of that, and I woke up 14 hours later. Fuck. 
I wonder if the alcohol, like uh, oxygen, is important in carbon. <laughs> But you know, I like your focus on indica because uh, one of the um, I did a video because I caught a flu. It could be the virus, who knows? But uh, um, there's a Jewish uh, MD uh, who talked about indica being good for uh, when you're recovering from that virus. If you if you do it when you're recovering, uh, it helps your immune system battle and bounce back faster. And I, can, and I honestly think recovering from the virus. The antivirus, but please, uh, 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 it, it, it really destroys the viruses and bacteria and uh, any kind of uh, wrong things in your body. It really destroys all of these diseases. Well, you know, in, in a biology, it's not the cure, but it is a helper. You know, it's a well, it's it a whack. It does help your body stay in like homeostasis, and so like it's yeah. good for general yeah. health. And so, the the balance the, again, we like by taking it out of our society. Uh, mm -hmm. Good for general health is causing mm -hmm. a lot of problems. Yeah, mm -hmm. we don't need to have these problems, but for some reason, in our infinite wisdom, it's a crime. Yeah, it is. You know, like it's just. I think it's gonna fall apart really soon because uh, truth always wins, no matter what. Truth always wins, and um, uh, so many cannabis. Cannabis is gonna come back, and it's gonna come back really strong. The only thing that I'm really worried about it's not about legalization. Legalization is definitely going to happen it's just about how is it going to happen yeah. my my intention towards this whole legalization movement is to make sure only the natural versions of cannabis medicines are available in the market and not the synthetic versions you know like the way in, in america you know like they say thc is uh, uh, non-medicinal and they want to classify it as schedule one drug but they allow pharmaceutical companies to synthesize thc and sell it as marinol or dronabinol and other drugs big news in our last week over here like it's not the marinol producer uh, but it's gw pharmaceuticals they had Cetilex, which was a full activity but then they also had Epidiolex, which was just the hemp derivative CBD. Yeah. So they're, they're descheduling or they're, they're declining their protections uh, to Epidiolex. So it appears that the FDA may help with regulations to allow more hemp uh, and CBD products to hit the market. Hmm. Yeah, it was, a good, it was a good development, but it was bad that uh, the namesake of the CBD strain Charlotte uh, passed from the coronavirus. So again, in India, in India, you know, like the medicine has to be natural and come back to Ayurveda where it really originally belonged. And uh, the best of the industrial um, uh, uses need to be put in force and replace many of the products that we can use in the society through the fibers and the pulp and uh, uh, other things. Yeah. And uh, the most of the economy from the industrial side, I would like for it to come back to the farmers to and build the agricultural sector of India because India is again you know, like 1.3 billion people, about 60% living under agricultural umbrella. That's about 600 million people just in the agricultural sector. And we have about 500 million acres of land available in India. And uh, uh, man, if we, if we, if India can grow only hemp for one season, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, we can pretty much you know, like we can stop using the oil, gas, uh, stop manufacturing all these uh, petrochemical plastics, and uh, uh, stop cutting down trees for paper and wood. Uh, everything can be replaced through these things. India has more pollution than like I'm in a rural part of Illinois, so I'm in the country. Uh, have you noticed it being cleaner there because uh, everything is shut down throughout the world? Hugely, hugely. And uh, the biggest cut down is the noise pollution and uh, the air pollution, of course. 
and uh, it's good to see that you know like most of the birds and other things are coming back right now you know like so many birds did disappear from our cities because of the radiation and the noise and uh, I, i can finally see you know, like everything all of these things coming back um 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 near very close to our homes actually and it, it feels like childhood again nostalgic experiences somebody posted bangalore's first cannabis medical center uh vedic wellness center is that me is that where you can get cannabis or you get a prescription for uh so uh was started by this uh entrepreneur called um Now, Saurabh Bagarwal, he's from Odisha, and um, uh, he's um, uh, he's doing a good job by bringing it back to Ayurvedic um, uh, domain. And uh, he used the word Vijaya in the way it was called in the Vedas. Yep. In Veda, uh, Veda is Vedas and Ayurveda. These are all really sacred texts of uh, India. This and what I wish meant history. You know, like uh, they called this plant as uh, Vijaya, which means success or uh, to win. Oh, wow. So cannabis was named as Vijaya, which means to succeed. Actually, so what can people do to help you succeed? <laughs> I guess just speaking about it, man, just create the ripple effect. You know, like uh, you do a good thing, you create a ripple effect, and let other people uh, create the same ripple effects, and soon the truth will be out there. So, like in India, can they? If if I was a citizen of India, could I contact? Is there somebody I can reach out to and be like, "This is something I believe in. Let's write a letter to congressman." So right now, everything is on the. Uh, sadly everything is just on the social media uh, uh, movement at the moment i did try to create a nationwide meet uh, one and two which happened two times first time we did it in eight cities and the second time we did it in 16 cities and uh, now uh, uh, i was supposed to do a, a nationwide meet every saturday uh, but uh, the coronavirus lockdown started and uh, uh, what people can really do right now is just to uh, uh, change their mindset and you know like be ready for uh, the cannabis industry uh, to take roots in india because the delhi high court petition is happening and up until it get legalized in the high courts uh, or declared uh, legal based on unconstitutional grounds uh, uh, not, no one can do anything else about it it's the courts that have to decide now but you have to have a law i mean like that's what i'm asking like how is it regulated i mean it's not just it's illegal it's not illegal they they usually have like methods to have somebody have a no one, no one can grow no one can use no one can transport no one can use it medicinally so it is right so you need to like there ha- it can't you just can't say it's legal you have to have a framework to say how it's legal like why can that person grow it because they have this license who's allowed to sell it because yeah. they have so based on my knowledge you know like uh, what the country uh, would require is an industrial hemp license and uh, medical cannabis licenses to be given out for uh, other things and other than that i think personal for personal consumption it needs to be completely free we need to have the right to grow the plant in our own homes in our own backyards or in our terrace if needs be and uh, they cannot limit it saying you know, like oh no you can grow the uh, plant but you can uh, uh, get the medicinal forms from the pharmaceutical companies the same way they did it with the opium plant uh, they said opium uh, few farmers can grow they can supply it to the pharmaceutical companies they can synthesize and make opioids and morphine and other painkillers and supply it back to the society for money but they cannot grow opium plant by itself and that's a wrong regulation and that's what i'm fighting against i don't want the story of the opium plant to be uh, 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 coming uh, to the cannabis plant again
So we want the plant to be completely free, and that's what the fight is about. And we are going to wait until it's going to be completely free, no matter how long it's going to take or what it takes. Well, that's so like okay. we still don't have home grow here. Like Miggy and I, uh, you know, we have home grow. Like I got a plant that I'm growing right uh -huh. now. Uh, it looks good, but um, uh, I'm only allowed to grow five. Yeah. And so, like, I, what's the rule in, in Washington State, Miggy, for medical grow? It's mm. five, unless you want to get on the registry, then you can have 15. Okay. But, like, with five plants, if you know how to grow these plants, I have five plants. That could be yielding me, like, a pound uh, of cannabis on a regular basis, you know? Well, even in the, in the, in the congested cities in India, right, in, in your buildings, one plant in an apartment would be great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, uh, your so your website is uh, glm.org. Yeah, glm.org in the Great Legalization Movement. And then I clicked on the Get Involved, and then uh, uh, you have a book. Was that you that wrote that? I wrote this book. It's uh, about to get published uh, in another month or so. Soon after the um, lockdown is lifted, I'm going to publish that book. And then in the interim, you have a newsletter that people can join and be involved with. Definitely, yeah. Uh, they can join and uh, uh, we'll be updating them about all of the national-wide uh, meets that's going to happen throughout once the lockdown is lifted. Awesome. When does your guys' lockdown end? Sorry? Uh, when does your lockdown end? So far, it was supposed to end uh, tomorrow on, uh, no, on April 14th, Tuesday, but now the Prime Minister made a new speech and I think it's uh, officially uh, extended till April 30th. Uh, we have uh, uh, rumors that it's, it might go up till May 30th, actually. Yeah, we haven't heard those rumors yet, but I mean, uh, we have a lot of cases of COVID in Illinois and it's, it's mm -hmm. no joke. I mean, like New York got overwhelmed. Everybody got overwhelmed. Like the SNL last night was done like this. It was pretty interesting. Or even doing Saturday Night Lives on Zoom video conferences. We were just ahead of it, dude. Yeah, we were just ahead of it. And uh, but then you know, so hopefully we'll see how it looks on April thirtieth. But um, hopefully, because they take they talk about how long it takes to make a vaccine. But when you have an entire world with technology of twenty twenty focused on that problem, how long is it really going to take? I mean, hopefully we can get one vaccine within twelve months. That'd be great. It would be great, yeah. But uh, uh, my is my my still my suggestion would be you know like don't forget to look into the one of the most uh, natural antiviral uh, properties uh, within the cannabis plant, uh, and I, I can guarantee you you know like it's it's uh, people who do smoke cannabis regularly. I, I doubt they would get COVID nineteen in any way whatsoever. Exact opposite articles going around, and it could just be the media bias, but I've seen the exact opposite where they say marijuana users more likely to have problems with COVID-19. Uh, you, know, you know how controlled uh, uh, this is. If I Google that right now, I'll get like a search result that says it four yeah. seconds just came out. But you know, the fact is we don't know shit about this virus because old people, young people, healthy people are getting sick. And, and, I think and that's been known for like what, 70, 60 years now. As far as coronavirus for sixty years, the COVID nineteen uh, is, but again we are hearing uh, rumors that you know, like this particular strain of COVID nineteen that is developed you now like it's not uh, uh, related to any of those genes, so uh, it it has to be like a bio warfare that was created in China. So we don't even know if it's part of the propaganda uh, to 
yeah. uh, really kill uh, China's economy and um, their drive. Yep, but here it is. Immediately. So, like I told you, uh, I've heard that. So, yeah, April 7th, smoking marijuana makes it. And, of course, I don't want you to show me stuff. I don't I don't know how much I should believe this Insider magazine. And then mm -hmm. there is the Telltale Cap. Yeah, that sounds like a reputable source right here. The Talent mm -hmm. Recap. Yeah, this is, this is forget, about, forget about these things. Uh, let me tell you, forget about these things because I, I don't even believe you're NIH, you know, like National Institute of Health and uh, FDA. They're so bloody corrupted down to uh, the very... Uh, you can't. I can't. I don't have words to describe how corrupted the uh, organizations in America is now. Like most of the world as well. But I'll tell you things based out of my direct experience that comes from working with patients and healing with patients. And uh, uh, you just use it and then check it out for yourself. That's the best suggestion that I can give you. you know? Like, uh, don't believe any of these things. Don't even believe me. Just. Take cannabis if you have a good indica plant, smoke it, or if you can make an extract, make the extract and use it. And, like, and that's the only thing that, that's going to keep your immunity up and also directly work against any of these uh, um, antivirus uh, or bacteria or any other infections. Because I, I remember working with so many patients you know, like with lung cancers and stuff and their entire lungs were infected and there was this plural effusion filled with water and other things. And the moment you start giving them the cannabis oil, uh, um, um, it's very evident even on the reports, you know, like one half of the entire lung is completely damaged and uh, filled with fluids. And all of the infection would just like go away and everything would be back to normal again. And and there is no cure. What what do they do otherwise in allopathy? They put a pump into the lung and they extract all the fluids out. And it really kills these guys uh, uh, through that. But people who have used the oils, they've made out of it actually. So go go based out of your direct experience and learning. You know, like people who have worked with cannabis uh, with the patients directly for many years, they know the truth better than these scientists who just work uh, based on the uh, of the uh, taboo or misconception. It's it is it's you know one of those safety schools, the Journal of Applied Microbiology. But yeah, mm -hmm. they have a novel antiviral agents, and if I uh, hit Control F, I do. Mm -hmm. Abyss, there it is. Uh, yeah. But they, they think maybe it's the, the terpenes here. So maybe, but of course, you said the full cannabis extract. So that's so full, full cannabis extract do contain the terpenoids and the flavonoids and all of these things. The cannabinoids may activate your biological systems and works as a, a inhibitor or as a stimulant in your biological system. But it's the terpenes that contains the medicinal uh, therapeutic values and also the flavonoids that has this defense mechanism in the plants. Uh, but also uh, when we consume it, you know, like it's the same thing. So it's really uh, the terpenes and flavonoids and it's really sometimes not all of the things are available in one plant. That's the reason why I told uh, you need to make the Rixen, not just the Rixenson oil, you need to make the Rixenson super oil by taking many available uh, indica strains, that is as many indica strains possible, just gather everything together and make so you you might be lucky enough to get everything on board. And one more thing that I would like to remind everyone is you know, like we are just at the very beginning of exploring and understanding what cannabis truly is and the potential of medical research that's uh, 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 that's that, that's there for the end, for an entire century to explore. So there's a long way to go and we're just in the beginning of uh, uh, things. And when you look at the entire cannabinoid uh, profile, terpenoid profile, flavonoid profile, go after the full extract. And that's the best 
cure for yourself or any disease for you Thanks, Vicky, for coming on. I really appreciated it. You know, these international shows are a lot of fun. Um, I know there's a way that we can figure out to translate this into what language do they commonly speak in India, that if we put it, this as subtitles, it would work most of the country. I think it's going to be the most difficult thing because I've been doing videos here, and even you know, like me being here, it's, I, I've never managed to do it. But if you want it, uh, Hindi is... Uh, um, right, we're going to order yeah. the subtitle yeah. this episode. We can find it. It's 2020. We all need yeah. vitamin THC. Yeah. Vitamin <laughs> THC. Thank you, Miggy. Thanks for joining us. Keep doing work. <laughs>